Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town. Although, in that case, one earphone only. Safety kids. I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command Podcast. What's up? What's happening? I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And as promised, Take Command Mock Draft 1.0 is coming uh, in 15, 20 minutes, somewhere in there. (laughs) However, Logan, the Commander's Cannot keep hiring or cannot stop hiring coaches. And thus, uh, we will discuss first some of the new additions to the staff. Uh, Also announced that tomorrow, Thursday, as we sit recording this, Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. will meet the media. So we will probably... uh, you know, be able to get a lot of answers to some of the questions that we have. Uh, but Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr. speaking to the assembled press tomorrow. Logan, I actually don't know this. Did you get a chance to talk to either of those guys today on Command Center? Or are you guys doing that tomorrow? We're doing that tomorrow. So there okay. will be a show. I think that and that show will come out the following week. We're going to have interviews, probably a film breakdown. So really excited. We haven't had access to coordinators like that before. So it should be pretty insightful. So. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait for you to get on the board, especially with Cliff, but also with Joe, Um, you know, a guy that that is so well respected on the defensive side. We kind of blow over that one because we know DQ's defensive prowess and there's, I think, less questions there, even though he's a first time DC. Uh, But we will certainly look forward to that. Uh, As for what we know now, um, and who knows, maybe we'll get even more stuff as as we're recording this. But the big name that just came down was Anthony Lynn, uh, who is going to be the run game coordinator. He was the running backs coach and assistant head coach in San Francisco for Kyle. He will not have the assistant head coach title, which I think is interesting, Logan, in part because that means they still have it for someone else. And there's very few spots left on the staff, but you do have defensive line coach still open. You have running backs coach still open. So we'll see if, if they can lure another big name potentially with that title, or do they keep it in reserve to ultimately promote someone down the line? But I think as the staff has started to come together, you and I have noticed a pattern and kind of the there is starting to be a common thread that ties these coaches that Cliff Kingsbury is hiring on the offensive side together, even if a lot of them are coming from varied backgrounds. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, there's probably a bunch of patterns, but the one that I think that sticks out to us, and again, you talk to somebody different and they might come up with a different solution or a different kind of answer to the puzzle. But I look at Brian Johnson and what they did in 2022 with Jalen Hurts, and they were maybe one of the most innovative run game teams in in the NFL. You know, they kind of popularized this RPO kind of triple option. You know, the two huge plays from Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl are models of that kind of RPO system, right, where it's you read the end, and instead of me running, now I can throw the ball and run the ball. And that was – Jalen Hurts just did a great job of murdering with that. They had answers how to beat that versus man-to-man coverage. They had answers versus zone. You know, all of these kind of RPO-stopping concepts, and they were very, very innovative there. So I look at that and I say there's a guy who knows how to run the ball out of gun, knows how to marry passes out of the gun, and is, was pretty innovative or saw a staff that was innovative in 2022. You look at Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, and say what you want about, um, you know, the, the Jets or the Giants, excuse me, like they do a great job in the run game there of running the football from the gun. They, you know, they pull offensive linemen. They kind of do stuff that I think of as like kind of Bill Callahan outside zone where you're getting down blocks and pulling around, but they get there from gun setups, which is really, really challenging to do and really innovative. And so I like that. I like his, the way he protected the offensive line there. Again, ran the quarterback there also. And then Anthony Lynn, I mean, you're not going to find a more effective rushing team in the NFL than San Francisco in terms of how they create angles, how they, um, you know, find angles for the offensive line, how they utilize receivers in the blocking surface, how they just find these matchups and alignments through formation to put those guys in the best position to be successful. So I think one of our, one of my reservations about Cliff, you know, I think he's a brilliant guy. At least you talk to anybody and they're saying he's a smart guy, great coach. The list, the list of, uh, you know, kind of modifiers. Yeah. Are yeah. great, you know? Um, but you know, like, Oh, he needs someone who's going to support him in the run game. And this looks like a staff that's going to be very supportive of developing a very layered and nuanced rushing attack. Cause like we talked about in our, in our pre-production meeting, like he, he wants to run the football. You look at the 2012 tape and it's not like you get a guy who's shying away from running the ball. Uh, it's tw- just uh, he, 2021, yeah, 2021. James Conner in, in Arizona. Yeah. 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 He's very effective. And again, some of the runs aren't the most nuanced, but it's not a guy that's like, Oh, he a guy. it's a guy that I see understands the value of it. And now it looks like he's assembling a staff of people who a can support his kind of innovative nature in the past game, but also kind of, layer stuff underneath it to make those rushing the, the rushing game more efficient which I, again like i don't know if you can tell i'm pretty excited about that that uh that the staff is coming together like this yeah ultimately they've still got the questions to answer of how do they work together there's a bunch of people yes. with different backgrounds and that's we're not going to know that answer for a while but i think what we can surmise now is that there is at least a reason this isn't random like not that i ever thought that it was it was just a little harder to see what the connective tissue was but you now see like great experience and and i think actually you know we were talking about this in in our in our pre-show call like that 2021 tape they're actually under center a lot more than i think people realize but the efficacy of running stuff from the gun which is where cliff is most comfortable as a play caller and as as a coordinator and as a designer um but the the comfortability of running from the gun and the ability anthony lynn is is i think most respected uh in my quick perusing of the internet and kind of some different takes on him for someone who marries the run and pass game very very well he's very cohesive in how he he brings it all together um that's kind of been his track record and he's done it by the way not only with kyle in san francisco but very different 
different run scheme with Greg Roman back in right. Buffalo back in the point. day when he was the running backs coach um, and, and helped Greg Roman, who was the OC there. So there, that ability to to mesh the two things together and kind of bring a level of cohesion to the offense feels like it'll be Lynn's responsibility along with Cliff as much as anybody else's. I think the other common thread with Bobby Johnson, with Brian Johnson, is they've worked with running quarterbacks. Now, yeah. what does that mean in terms of the draft? Everyone wants to connect the dots. And the answer is, I don't know. Um, and I don't think they know yet. I don't think they have a final say on who their guy is, who their number one target is, because they still want to bring these guys in for interviews at the combine, interviews uh, at their pro days, spend some time with them over the next couple of months and really get to know who they are as people. But as players, we know there's an RPO element that Caleb Williams has done very well with. We know that there is a mobility and a really an electricity as a runner that Jaden Daniels brings, even if a lot of his is better off of the scramble game than the design run. And then Drake May can run it as well, like in the same way that Sam Howell, we wish he had run it a little bit more. Right. Um, as a runner, design runner last year. Um, I think that that all three of those guys, this makes you feel more confident that they will use the dual threat nature that they all have at the next level, no matter who they draft. Yeah, and I think the thing that sticks out to me is like you mentioned the Greg Roman thing, you know, and then the connection with Kyle Shanahan for Anthony Lynn. And I think that's just, you know, what are they going to be? I don't know. But I think having a guy that has answers like, this Greg Roman, who to me is maybe the most innovative run game coordinator over the last 20 years in the NFL, like with Colin Kaepernick, Lamar Jackson, like say what you want about him. Like he is detailed and dialed up. So you have that in your background, right? You have that bag of tools to pull from. Oh, like how did we do that when I was in Buffalo? Oh, yeah, we did this X, Y, Z. Then how did Kyle do it? Oh, maybe this solution's better. That's awesome, you know? And I think, you know, Brian Johnson also, or Bobby Johnson, excuse me, he was in Buffalo too for a long time. And like, they probably know some of the same people. They probably have a pre-existing relationship. But I think to your point, like you see guys that have had to be creative, like Bobby Johnson having to be creative with Daniel Jones and like an understaffed offensive line. Like you, you saw creativity there, right? Anthony Lynn, same type of thing. Like maybe not creative in like the necessity type of way that Bobby Johnson did, but like he just comes from this varied background. So I think it's going to be kind of cool again, we, we don't know how they're going to work together, but the backgrounds these guys have. And, you know, Brian Johnson, again, probably more of a pass game guy, but they were really innovative running the football in Philly uh, two years ago. So lots of cool pieces here. And, again, it makes you think, wow, like all these guys with all these different skill sets, all these different experiences, maybe they get this thing pointed in the right, right direction um, from, from an early start. And I love the fact you mentioned that he marries run and pass game concepts together because you could – in 2021 – in Arizona when Cliff was there, you saw an effort to do that. You saw an effort to kind of adopt some of those principles. Um, they just weren't always able to do it because, again, Cliff's background is a little bit different. So now you've got all these people that have experience with that, and I think that's going to be pretty outstanding. And, um, again, it's it was a staff that I was nervous about, you know, a couple of days ago, but I'm starting to feel better about it the more these pieces come in. And I think the experience, the diversity of their backgrounds, and the problem-solving elements they've all shown in their career I think are pretty exciting. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, we talked about how problem solving can be one of the most important traits that a coach has. 
Um, so I would say, I would say a couple of things come to mind for me. One, it's going to be really important that their processes are clean. Um, their processes yep. are clean, right? And that's ultimately going to be on Cliff, but it's something that Dan can help with as well as the head coach, right? Do they have a system of feedback where everyone's voice is heard, but the right voices are weighed and ultimately like you don't get in a bunch of fights over stuff and, and you exit the coaching meetings with a clear message to communicate to the players. Because uh, if, if this works, this could be incredible. If it doesn't, you're Carolina last year. And that, that's the <laughs> spectrum. And like, I don't say that flippantly. It's just is the reality. Like they had a bunch of smart dudes in the room last year in Carolina and it was a mess. And frankly, the same thing happened here. Uh, maybe not the the level of coach they had in Carolina where they had Frank Reich, had Thomas Brown, had a bunch of other guys that that immediately got jobs other places. And it was just like, yeah, we couldn't, that that didn't work. But like the, the story that Sam and Nikki wrote in the post about kind of some of the stuff that happened with EB was the coaches and the coordinator. And, you know, I'm not placing blame on any part of that equation, but like they weren't on the same page and it had a mm. real effect on the outcome of the offense. So their, their processes and their communication has to be extremely clear. I think the other thing where you kind of are on the, the edge of the optimist pessimist coin is, you know, when Brian Johnson took over, uh, in Philly as the OC, like the offense took a major step sure. back. Was that because some of the things you hear was that was Nick Sirianni's preference and Johnson was st stuck executing some of what Sirianni wanted it. That wasn't super clean. Um, you hear some rumors out of Arizona that when Cliff went to put his staff together, he didn't quite have the resources uh, and the go-ahead, the sign-off to, to do everything he wanted. And maybe that left him a little understaffed in Arizona. And you hope those things are true if you're a Washington fan, because that means the upside is there. And here, resources aren't an issue. I think that's pretty clear by this staff. Like they've, this is an expensive staff, and their Harris ownership group is like, cool, sign the check, let's go. Yeah. Um, obviously, the the pessimist side of that coin is that that wasn't the case. That was people putting out stuff to make excuses for guys that they like, and you know there are real blind spots and weaknesses that could come up and and cause issues here in DC. So um, it could go either way. We're not going to yeah. know until at the very least the fall. But those are to me like the two opposite signs of the coin and where that coin, the, the table that coin is rolling along is the the communication and the processes. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And, it, you know, just like any team has to come together, like they're sometimes the, the sum of the parts creates a, a better whole, you know, and I think that's kind of what we're waiting to see is how these guys work together, the chemistry they have, the communication and, you know, like in on paper, everyone, you know, everyone's got a pretty good resume in the NFL if they've been around for a long time and all these guys have. So, um, I think there's a lot of good things to be excited about, a lot of innovative thinking to be to be kind of, you know, excited about. But how do they come together? How do they communicate with the players in the building? You know, we saw that a little bit last year with EB. The communication style wasn't right. Is the environment right? Is their relationship correct? Is their relationship to the players correct? And I think that's where a guy like Dan is going to be super helpful because he's going to be able to make sure that that is, is pretty streamlined. So I'm hoping that, again, it's just – all these people are kind of in the right positions. It's just about, like you said, them coming together and do you get something special, like where you get a really good team of coaches or is it, or is there a little bit of friction and egos get in the way or, or whatever. And, and we're not trying to put anything bad on them before they even start, but it is a possibility and yeah. it's something to We're consider, also not trying but, to get ahead and say, this is all going to work before it starts. Right. hundred percent. Uh, I, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm excited. Like the more, the more I look at it, the more excited I get. And I love that he's Cliff, Dan, whoever is kind of responsible for these these staffing hires, is filling in spots and finding people that supplement stuff that he wants to do and has done in his past. So I think that's great, and I think that's a good step. So that that makes me excited. But again, they all got to come together. They all got to gel. 
For sure. Uh, and last but not least, on the offensive side, Tavita Pritchard and yeah. Bobby Ingram brought back. I do think that it's really important to keep someone or someones and maybe the quality control guys will stay the same like who knows what happens down down staff I, I think making some new hires there is really important to make sure that you have some of your rising star types that eventually can step in when these other guys get jobs uh if this thing goes well um but i, I think having someone in the room or someone's in the room who has familiarity with the players and how they learn and how the, some of the the you know things that went wrong last year went wrong and some of the things that went right went right is is essential having some institutional knowledge and um, I saw Jahan Dotson like tweet out some prayer hands emojis he's very happy to Bobby Ingram is back um, and then we see you know Tavita Pritchard I, I think is very well liked and respected not only in the building but around the league so mm. I think those are two solid choices to to bring back and bring a level of continuity. Uh, even if again, like they're going to have to learn the system and, and implement it. Uh, but there's again, a lot of guys around that can help with that process. Yeah. And I think it's also good to just have some people who can give you some insight on some of the things that maybe went wrong last year, you know, and kind of give you some intel on that. But again, to those two guys that stayed, I think, you know, I've had a couple of conversations with Tavita. He's just very charismatic. And I don't want to say he's Sean McVay, but he's got kind of that personality, you know, the guy that is, dynamic and I don't know how he is as a coach but as a person he's great he seems to fit really well with um with what uh with with Dan's vision of the staff and um, that gets me excited and obviously Bobby Ingram like he knows Santana and Fred really well so had a couple interactions through that again that kind of I I don't want to say players coach but a guy that really engages well with the players so I think that's all good stuff and I think it just shows you the direction the staff is going and uh the energy around the building yesterday you know people were in there kind of taking care of some administrative stuff and the energy is exciting, man, and it's good to see that kind of energy from the staff, which hasn't been there for a couple of years. So it's it's a cool, cool experience. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, any earlier um, thoughts on on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, they obviously had Ken Norton, who's got a tremendous history. Um, you know, a couple other guys that that wind up. Sharif Floyd uh, yeah. comes in. You know, is a guy who DQ knows real well. But any any uh, history or thoughts on any of the defensive guys they brought in, in the last couple I mean, of days? Honestly, when they hired Witt, and then I forget who the defensive pass game coordinator, the guy from Oakland, his name escapes me at the moment. Uh, Jason uh, Simmons. Yeah, Jason Simmons. I was like, this is going to be a good staff. I mean, that's like a bad thing to say, but those guys, their, their pedigree, their resumes, I think are pretty dynamic. You know, they've got a lot of experience, like kind of flipping defenses quickly. They've obviously, uh, Witt has worked with Dan and Dan, like knowing Dan from Atlanta, like he's going to surround himself with good people. So I, I knew those were good. And then obviously the guys you just mentioned, the Norton's coming in, these guys that have a ton of experience coaching the NFL, maximizing position groups. I think that I feel very good about that staff because it seems to have a, you know, a very kind of cohesive trend of people who fit this, um, you know, I don't say Dan's defensive vision, but it's, you know, cause it's wits, but, um, but I but think like, wits work for Dan for years. Right. So like there, there, there seems to be a very cohesive vision there as you know, right compared to the offensive staff where we we're a little uncertain, not because they're not talented coaches, but they just kind of seem to be coming from different areas. This doesn't really feel like that. You're like, oh, this is how he knows this person. This is how he knows this person. It seems very straight. And I feel like that side of the football is going to be playing really well here um, with, with some with some good coaching and uh, and a very clear defensive vision. So. No doubt. And some players. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about on that front over the next couple of months. We'll do a free agency primer here soon as free agency is coming up quicker than we think. But it is time, Logan Paulson. It is mock draft season. Mock draft 1.0 for us next. <laughs> 